podcast listeners welcome to the show guys thanks for joining us on this beautiful sunny day here in san diego yeah you're not here we wish you were here <laughs> we're pretending that you're hopefully here it's us. beautiful and sunny wherever you're at <laughs> yeah it's that time of year it's fall in i want to say it's fall in most places it's fall in the entire northern hemisphere but it doesn't feel like fall i guess in san diego when it's Always sunny and there's not many trees, so they're not changing. So, uh, but I do miss that growing up, uh, in the south outside of Atlanta, lots of trees, fall yeah. color. So hopefully you are enjoying those fallen leaves. Pumpkin uh, spice. Pumpkin spice <laughs> lattes. Get out of here with that. Pumpkin spice everything. I think that's, that's the new normal. I think that's a hashtag. Yeah. Pumpkin spice everything. Yeah. I'm not a fan. This actually. is not a, <laughs> this is not a hashtag pumpkin spice podcast. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. But it is a great one. We have Dr. Tara Well. And Dr. Tara is a professor of psychology at Bernard College of Columbia University in New York City. And she has over 20 years of experience in conducting research on what motivates us and influences our perceptions, as well as extensive training in meditation, yoga, and other mind body healing modalities. And today we talk about loneliness, something that I think we all have dealt with or are dealing with at one time or another. I know that I certainly feel lonely and deal with loneliness. And so there are a lot of great tips that will help you individually and will certainly help you in your relationship. Yeah. And we also go over um, ways to talk to your partner or Bring up loneliness, you know, for example, like Chase said, you know, sometimes he deals with loneliness and it's helpful as a partner to open the dialogue and allow that to be part of the discussion in your conversation so that you can help each other, but also realize that your partner isn't going to, you know, solve your loneliness problem. You really do have to look within and use exercises that Tara talks about to help get over your loneliness. Yeah. Yeah. Tara uh, gives a lot of great tips. And one of my favorite ones is to realize that it's normal to be lonely. And she goes into detail about that, but that's a big thing that can improve all aspects of your psyche is that not to be like, why am I feeling angry? Why am I feeling lonely? Like basically being hard on yourself, uh, but just accepting that that's part of the human condition. And then if you start from there, that alone is going to be a huge thing. So I really like that. And she gives a lot of great tips. Like we mentioned, one thing I do want to point out, we were having a bit of audio difficulty. It is bearable, at least to us. It, it wasn't anything uh, completely out of the ordinary, but it wasn't crystal clear as we would like it. Yeah. So we, we did have our, uh, our, our editor jump in and, and do the best he can. So hopefully it's clear enough for you guys. Yeah. And... We'll blame the internet. <laughs> I think it was just a bad yeah. internet connection. But uh, like I said, just look out for that. It's totally worth listening to this episode and uh, 
don't be like, ah, oh, she's cutting out. It, it might happen a couple of times, but uh, hang in there. And, and it's really uh, our magic editor was Sarah for the longest time, but we are now outsourcing that because she uh, was losing, I don't want to say losing her mind, but with a two-year-old <laughs> and uh, running a business from home, if we can outsource anything, a lot of times that helps. So we splurge and, and we have someone helping us with the audio editing. Yeah. So yeah, definitely enjoy today's episode. Enjoy your hashtag pumpkin spice everything <laughs> <laughs> or your fall, fall colors that, that we're missing here in San Diego. And as always, we appreciate you guys so much for listening and we hope you enjoy today's show. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you choose from over 1,500 licensed therapists. Get matched with your perfect therapist today by visiting Talkspace.com forward slash I do. That's Talkspace.com forward slash I do. Tara, thanks for joining us on the show today. Hello, it's my pleasure. We've given our listeners a little overview, told them a little bit about your work. Why don't you tell us why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships? Well, I have been um, researching uh, uh, mirror meditation, which is a, a practice in which you uh, actually uh, meditate in front of a mirror, looking at your own reflection and uh, just being with yourself and being uh, in acceptance and uh, loving awareness of whatever comes up for you when you look at yourself. And one of the great benefits of doing mirror meditation is actually that people report that it improves their relationships because it improves their relationships with themselves. So then that improvement tends to carry over to their relationships with other people. So um, I'm always interested in um, spreading the word and doing what I can to to share what we've learned in our research lab on the on this technique. That sounds super interesting, mirror meditation. I've never heard of that, but I do try to meditate a little bit myself, and so I don't want to make light of it. But when you said that, it, it reminded me of the SNL skit, The Californians. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sure. Where they're looking in the mirror at the end. That's like the whole play, but but uh it is it does sound like a, a interesting practice. Definitely I've even done that brushing my teeth. You kinda like it's kind of weird, actually. It's like this otherness, so like when you really just look into your own eyes. So yeah, we'll have to have you on to talk more about that for the next show. Okay, cool. That sounds <laughs> great. So today I think we're, t- we're talking about my, uh, my work on loneliness. I've been exploring that as a topic too because it's really um, uh, an epidemic in, in our uh, culture and mainly because people are spending more time uh, uh, digitally on their phones, uh, uh, away from family and friends and uh, you know traveling. And many people report that they don't have even a best friend or someone to talk to so sometimes two people think once they get in a relationship they're never going to be lonely again and all their problems are going to be solved and it's going to be wonderful and that is sometimes true but oftentimes we find that even in our closest relationships we can sometimes still feel lonely if we're not really giving our ourselves that support and uh, uh, and really being kind to ourselves. We oftentimes will look for this in other people and other relationships when in fact we, we need to sort of fill ourselves in a way so we have more to, to really offer our partners and our friends and relationships. You wrote a really great article about dealing with loneliness and the steps that people can take to kind of 
go through the acceptance and awareness and then then how to deal with that. So I would love to, you know, dive into that because I think they're really actionable steps that our listeners can put into their relationship and hopefully find a way to deal with their loneliness. So I know in the article, you start with resist the urge for immediate relief. Can you expand on that so our listeners can uh, practice that? To, to resist the urge for immediate relief is basically just not doing things impulsively because oftentimes when we feel lonely, it feels like something's missing and it, and it can be really painful if we're not used to being with ourselves. So this is oftentimes when people kind of compulsive or addictive behaviors like eating or drinking or um, having uh, casual sex just to feel the urge to want to be with somebody because we feel lonely uh, or shopping uh, to, to name a few things that people sometimes do. But if we engage in more cool processes, more more thoughtful processes, such as we're able to find a sense of contentment and acceptance in our loneliness and just realizing that this is it's an it's a natural normal human condition sometimes people feel shame when they feel lonely because you know we see so much in the media of everybody having all these friends and you know everybody always looks like they're having this great time and here we are lonely so we oftentimes don't get a lot of positive messages about about loneliness and the idea that yes we all spend time alone and and being lonely is one aspect of the human condition that we all experience and we're not bad people because we're lonely and we can also work toward finding ways to really just be with ourselves and be with ourselves in that process and that's where the meditation practice really comes in and is really helpful yeah and i think that's a great place to start and it seems like these are self-destructive behaviors if we're if we're hot if we're being impulsive and i feel like another one that i find myself doing in perhaps i would imagine a lot of people listening is that when we feel lonely we go mindlessly onto the internet onto social media and we start scrolling through our instagram or facebook feeds and I feel like this is exasperating the problem. It's not only are we just not being with our own thoughts, uh, but we're seeing, and you, you touched on it a little bit, but we're seeing other people and, oh, look how fun, how much fun they're having. They're hanging out with their friends in a picture uh, or they're traveling, you name it. And that's just such an unhealthy thing because social media is not real life. It's a reflection of the best moments of someone's day, week. And I, that's got to be a huge part of the fact that even though it's supposed to connect us and, and it, there's definitely some value, I feel like more and more it can make us feel lonelier than without it. Yes. And it's just temporary relief too, because we find like when we get to you know the bottom of the ice cream carton or uh, the night after we've been out drinking or we realize we've just spent many hours scrolling through Instagram and it's two o'clock in the morning, we're, we're left feeling with that same sense of emptiness. And it's really about us to fill ourselves and resource ourselves internally rather than looking outside ourselves to be filled because that's never really going to do it for us. And so what is the next step that someone can do to help deal with loneliness? Well, I think one of the first steps is to really accept it, to realize 
that it's not uh, that the, that they're not a bad person because they feel lonely or they haven't done something wrong, and to really get out of uh, the whys. That's another thing that I mentioned in the blog was was to when we start thinking why am I lonely or telling stories about how I've been lonely. I was lonely as a child. I you know lonely here, lonely there. That really helps to sort of ingrain that sense of of identity with it, and it kind of like can have us go down the rabbit hole of the problem. So it's much better to to sort of keep an open awareness to the, and an acceptance to the fact that, oh, I'm feeling lonely. This is good information for me. And it's not information that means that I've done something bad or wrong or I'm a bad person because at, in the moment I feel lonely. Do you mind expanding on what you just said about not asking why, but more um, asking what? Yes, not not asking why, but asking what is a better question. Uh, research really shows, uh, as you may know, if you've had if you've had experts on your show on on depression, what research shows is that oftentimes we can we can start to feel sort of very self blaming and self critical when we ruminate, and ruminate is when we kind of go over things in our mind over and over again, like oh, if I if I wouldn't have said that thing, I that person would still be my friend friend or I'd still be in that relationship or or going back over why am I so lonely this kind of thing and this will actually make people feel much much worse and this ruminative kind of thinking but when we kind of expand out and we don't ask why but we ask what what can I do what can I learn from this experience I'm having what's next for me it's it's really important to remember too that things don't stay the same you know even when good things are happening they eventually change so when we're feeling lonely realizing that we're not always going to be lonely and that things are going to change and things are going to shift. And when we start focusing on what, what's going to happen next? What would I like to have happen? What would I like my relationships to look like? What can I do right now that would bring me a step closer toward having the kinds of relationships that I'd like to have? That's great advice. And before we go to the next step in dealing with loneliness, I wanted to ask this in the beginning, but how do you differentiate between loneliness and depression? Depression is more like um, uh, a clinical state in which, you know, so- someone just has a certain degree of, even depending on how depressed they are, they have a certain um, affect that leads them to feel not great so that they're, you know, in terms of cognitively, they're, their focus can become very narrow. So they don't necessarily see outside themselves and see for possibilities and they get into this ruminative kind of thinking. I think one of the key ways to differentiate loneliness is what's the difference between being alone and being lonely. And so what, one of the things that we can talk about is when we're lonely, it's like we see something missing. When we're alone, we're just alone, but we're more accepting of it and we're more even just being in relationship with ourselves. Uh, and certainly depression can be um, a byproduct or something that can happen through ruminating about, again, uh, or blaming ourselves you know, getting down on ourselves that something's wrong with us because we don't have friends or we don't have the relationship that we like. So that kind of thinking can really kind of maintain our depression. Yeah, it seems like there's some overlap, like you can be lonely and depressed or depressed and lonely, however you want to say it. But uh, in that a lot of what you're... Oh, definitely. The tips you're giving can apply to to both. It's not to say that depression... Um, won't have biochemical um, roots and, and you can think you can't think your way out of it necessarily, but it seems like these tips on dealing with loneliness can certainly help uh, to change your, your mindset and, and hopefully make improvements if you are depressed and not just lonely. 
Right. Definitely. And, and I, I should say, too, um, I am not a licensed clinical psychologist, so uh, any, any of the advice or tips I'm giving I should not be a substitute for um, uh, advice from one's psychologist or, or a licensed uh, practitioner. Absolutely. Well, let's go on and talk about another step that we can take to not feel so lonely. Well, one of the things uh, is also to do a framing of it in terms of um, thinking about loneliness as sometimes a necessary stage before we make a big change in our lives. So oftentimes we can go through a period of time when we feel lonely uh, after we have a breakup, for instance, or we have a change in jobs or or a change in uh, our friendship or other kinds of relationships. And so we miss that person But at the same time, we realized that that was for the best, that that relationship ended for the best, or maybe we just didn't have a choice and the relationship just did end. And so there's a necessary stage for us to feel lonely while we're thinking about what we want to do next. What do we want to create next in our relationships, in our jobs, in in our connections with other people so that, again, not getting down on on oneself and not thinking that something's wrong because you're feeling lonely, but taking that gap between being in a relationship and then being able to really, you know, come back to being a friend to yourself and then seeing what do you want to create next? Uh, and, and oftentimes too, you know, when we're, when we're with uh, uh, people and, and we're in groups and we're, and we're feeling really good about being in groups, we tend not to take as many risks or, or make changes or question things because we're just happy and things are going along well. So when there's a gap and we're feeling lonely, that's really a, like a time that, that, that people can use to their advantage for personal growth. I love that you say that because it, so beautifully leads into the next step, which is realizing that loneliness is normal in relationships and that a lot of people deal with it and that you are not alone if you are feeling lonely. Exactly. I mean, and that is the thing to always remember. So you have compassion for yourself because again, we're socialized to think that, you know, if we just find the one, the perfect partner, we're going to never be lonely again. We're going to be happy all the time. And, you know, everything's going to be perfect, just like it is on, uh, on the media and on TV or in books. And we grew up with these stories. So we always think that, you know, we're, we're trying to get to a point where everything is, is fine and good and we're completely satisfied in every possible way. And that's just not the human condition. That's just not how we're set up. We're set up to grow and for things to not be perfect. That's why we're here. And it's also hard when you're in a relationship and you have the expectation for your partner that your partner should meet all your needs of always being with you if you're lonely or or, uh, this kind of thing. And that can sometimes put a tremendous burden on people in in relationships because once they get together and they spend more and more time together when they get married, then it becomes clear that that person really can't be the the be all end all and meet every need you can possibly have 24 seven, even though you're spending a lot more time together and you're committed to live your life together, that person can't satisfy every need, no matter how much they love you or how much they would want to. How would you recommend somebody who is either dealing with loneliness or they can kind of sense that their partner is dealing with loneliness? How do they address it in a relationship so that they can help each other improve on it? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, I think, you know, to really broach the topic and to, again, 
begin the discussion from a, a, an acceptance of being lonely as part of life and everybody experiences it. So the person doesn't feel confronted or, th- or they don't feel ashamed of the fact that they're lonely. And two, you know, if you're in a relationship and your partner feels lonely, you can even feel guilty because you're not meeting that person's needs for um, companionship or, or whatever the specifics might be of that. So it's important to kind of look at your own feelings too. If you sense that your partner is feeling lonely, you know, how are you feeling about them being lonely? Is it something, you know, you're trying to fix your partner and and make it all better for them? If you can approach it as like an open inquiry, like I was just, I was just wondering how you're feeling rather than, are you feeling lonely? What can I do? Kind of a thing. Because people are more likely to get defensive again, because we kind of have a stigma about loneliness, you know, like something's wrong if we're lonely. Yeah. And I want to touch on, you mentioned not looking to your partner to fix you necessarily. And that's an important thing. And I think a thing to look to is like, what what can I do and what can we do as a couple to try to make this better and discussing that openly. And one thing that I know Sarah and I have made an effort to do more is connecting with our groups of friends. I feel like, especially when you become a couple, when you are a couple, it's easy to just settle into your routine and, and you watch Netflix in the evening and, and you have dinner at home and, and put it on repeat. And not to mention if you have a kid, it makes it even harder. But I know just in the last few weeks, we've made an effort to get together with the other couples that we're friends with and, it's felt really great. Like we're connecting with, with other people and that socialization again, I, it, it, it seems like it'd be an easy thing, but I think more and more we're so busy and we're not having those face to face real communications and interactions with people that, uh, making that effort has certainly, uh, felt great for, for our relationship and, uh, I think together and individually. Really good point, because what happens usually when couples get together and particularly when they have children is they become more and more insular. And um, it's really important to have a, a, a more expansive network of friends. And it kind of can take the, the burden off of if, if the partner needs a little bit of alone time, then the, then the more extroverted partner can because we all need to kind of balance our uh, alone time with social time. And we also need to to. Um, Know, intellectually stimulated by other people rather than just our partners all the time. So it's important to have that variety in our context. Yeah. Sarah and I are, have to kind of go out of our way to, to make that happen, obviously, because we have a two-year-old, but we're also oh, kind of, yes. we're kind of introverted <laughs> in a way, in a sense, or we're, I guess, like homebodies is the way mm-hmm. I describe it. Like, yeah. We're fine with kind of just hanging out at home with each other and, and it's comfortable. I don't think we are particularly lonely because of that. But even then, I, I want to iterate that even though we didn't necessarily feel lonely, it felt just great to hang out with friends, have a different experience, going to game night, going to a concert. Um, really, I guess it's also about getting out of your comfort zone, uh, can really elevate your relationship and, and, uh, your mood individually and, and as a couple. Right. Yeah. Because you're having different experiences together with different people. So then that creates a, a much richer uh, life together. Absolutely. So let's talk about, are there any other tools or tips that we can use to help deal with loneliness? 
uh, Buddhist psychologist, um, uh, psychiatrist Mark Epstein mentions in some of his writing. And that is the idea that there's always some aspect of us that's always going to be different than the other person. So that there's kind of like a flavor of is what they call it in Buddhism. And that's the idea that we're always a separate person. So no matter how close we are, we may always still feel that little bit of sense of aloneness. And then again, that that's natural and that everybody feels that. And that's part of the human and being different from other people and being separate from other people. So it's not a bad thing because sometimes we can um, evaluate the quality of our relationships based on how close we feel to the other person, but that might not always be the best be benchmark because we do, we can never be, you know, totally, totally connected, but it's also really key to be able to state your needs if you're lonely and you need something without having expecting your partner to necessarily be able to relieve it or deal with it. And that's another big issue. I think in relationships because sometimes we think when someone loves us they should totally get us and be able to meet all our needs and if they if they don't maybe they don't really love us but in fact people can deeply but they may not be able to meet all our emotional needs for a variety of reasons and that's part of the imperfection of us as humans and it's also just the imperfection of us as we come together in relationships so i think it's important to take that broader view and not to diagnose a relationship based on um these feelings of loneliness or separation that might come up from time to time i'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of issues in a relationship can occur, obviously, through communication. We talk about it a lot in that you might be feeling lonely and you just expect your partner to read your mind, to read your loneliness, and then come in and save the day. And it's just where you don't have superhuman powers. <laughs> and and it's so important that if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling angry, whatever it is, really, that you don't wait for your partner to to do something, you communicate it and you communicate it in a calm and in a um, rational manner. You don't get angry and say, why, you know, can't you tell I'm, I'm pissed off or I'm lonely? And no, it's like, we're not mind readers. And, and I think that's an important thing to do. It, it's a terrible thing to feel lonely. And, and we all go through it. I know I feel lonely, but if I sit there and, and like you said earlier and ruminate, I'm just going to feel worse and worse. And even if it's just, I think, communicating that with your partner, you're going to probably feel less lonely because now you're sharing these feelings and you're not in it alone. And it, it may not just totally fix you, but certainly that alone, just acknowledging it to yourself and then to your partner has got to be uh, a big relief. And your partner may even come back and say, you know, I was feeling that same way too, but I didn't know how to tell you. Or I didn't know how to express it. And it opens a whole dialogue. Right. That's a good point. Yes. Because when you're willing to take the risk of admitting that you're lonely, and even in a relationship with someone close, it's, it's really vulnerable. So it's really a way of actually creating more closeness and, and openness. So Tara, are there any things that we skipped over that can help us deal with loneliness before we go to the lasting love round? Well, one of the things that I, I hadn't touched on yet was um, the idea of the of the kind of like the neurochemicals that, that happen when we're together and then when we separate 
separate from people, we can kind of feel alarmed and lonely. And and I think this can come up um, if you're if you're married and you're used to you know being very close to someone, sleeping in the same bed with someone, and then they go off on a trip. We can really feel lonely because of of the neurochemical response that we have when we're when, when that we develop develop the habitual response of, of hugging someone or, or cuddling with them. And then the absence of that can actually create uh, a physiological reaction. And it can be very strong. It can, it can uh, definitely mimic uh, any kind of early parent-child kinds of separation traumas we may have had uh, in terms of being left alone and feeling an emotional distress. So as adults, we can really put that in perspective and realize that we're just being, been left alone for the moment. We haven't been abandoned. Our life's not being threatened, but it can feel that way because of the way we're sort of wired. So that's really important to to know uh, in terms of if kind of like these desperate feelings come up or this, you know, really intense longing that you feel when you're separated from your partner or, you know, you you break up with someone and and then you're no longer in physical contact. You go through a period of sort of like a chemical withdrawal. And it's important to know that that's painful, uh, but you don't need to act on it and it will dissipate over time. And I imagine that knowledge is going to help you accept it and accept that loneliness, realize that there's nothing wrong with you and that those feelings are are natural and, and literally part of your biochemistry. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, that's, I think my main message is to have your listeners realize that if they're lonely, it's not that anything's wrong. It's part of the human condition. And, and it's really an invitation to be compassionate toward yourself and to really um, be a good friend to yourself. There's certainly the saying, you're really alone because you're with yourself. If you're lonely, in some ways, you might even be abandoning yourself because you're not, you know, just staying with yourself and with your feelings. And, and so, of course, one way to do that is just to be able to, to have compassion for yourself and to accept that it's part of life. Yeah, it's something that I have talked about before, but I'm always working on because I feel like I can be pretty type A, achievement oriented and hard on myself and loneliness, it Mm -hmm. falls into this category of like, or depression even. I feel like I go through, have bouts of depression. I haven't been diagnosed, but certainly loneliness and that just saying this is a natural thing has a huge impact and, and lets me ease up on myself and be a friend to myself rather than you know, exasperating the problem. Yes, indeed. Well, Tara, this has all been great information. Now we got to move forward to the lasting love round. But first, let's take a break and talk about one of today's sponsors, Talkspace. Talkspace is an online therapy company that will allow you to choose from thousands of certified and vetted therapists where you can communicate with them directly through your phone, through text, email, video chat, or voice. And it's super easy to do. And obviously, you're listening to this podcast. So you want relationship advice, whether you're in a rut, or you just want to take your relationship to the next level. Talking with a therapist is the best way to get there besides listening to I Do Podcasts. So if you want to sign up today, head on over to Talkspace.com forward slash I do and get $30 off your first month. That's Talkspace.com forward slash I do and enter the promo code I do. Talkspace, therapy for how we live today. 
So the other night, Chase and I decided that we wanted to do a date night, but we could not decide where we wanted to go. So we decided to use our HelloFresh, which is a meal kit delivery service that makes date night and cooking at home so much fun and most importantly, easy. Each week, HelloFresh sends us a new box with delicious recipes and step-by-step instructions, and the meals only take about 30 minutes to make. And not only is it super easy to make, but the ingredients are of the freshest quality, and they're measured to the exact quantities that you need, so there's no waste. Last night, Sarah and I made bell pepper and black bean quesadillas. And if you don't know, we live in San Diego and it's basically the home of Mexican food in the US. So we have high standards and it was delicious, very good food. And it's Sarah's favorite, right? I love Mexican and these quesadillas were the bomb. So if you want to get signed up today and get $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com and enter in our promo code IDO30. So again, that's HelloFresh.com, promo code IDO30, and get $30 off your first week of HelloFresh. What is one tool or practice our listeners can use on a daily basis to help improve their relationship? I would actually try the mirror meditation um, in the sense of try sitting in front of the mirror for 10 minutes a day with no goal other than to be present with yourself and just alone and do that as an inquiry and try to give yourself the same loving attention you would give a partner or a friend and see if it makes a difference in your relationships and your friendships. Is there a book or resource you can recommend for listeners who want to improve their relationship? There's actually several books. I, I like several books that are that, that have that have been out. Um, one of the main books, actually, one of the books. It's an old, it's a classic book that I cite in the Psychology Today blog post is um, a book by David Richo called um, How to Be an Adult. He has a book called How to Be an Adult. And has, I think he has another book called How to Be Adult in Relationships, and that has been my primer for many years. Uh, I have a, a very worn copy of that book, and it has some very very practical tips and very straightforward tips of, of inquiry and getting clarity on your relationship and also your own needs and and your role that you play in relationships and, and really empowering people to take personal responsibility for the relationships they create. It's a wonderful little book. Excellent. Well, we'll be sure to add that to uh, your show notes page. And we actually interviewed uh, David almost a year ago um, now, and uh, we'll link to his interview as well, because that was also a great interview. So all those links will be in your show notes page. We've been married for almost three years now. Is there any advice you'd give newlyweds? Wow, three years. Congratulations. That's Thank amazing. Uh, not really. I, t- To be honest with you, I'm not married. So I'm kind of like, what I know about relationships. And I think it's great that you're married for three years. And I think that this is wonderful that you're doing this show as a way to change and grow and then share that with people, which is wonderful. And that is one of the things that they show that, that, that research shows that helps keep couples together. And that is that they have um, uh, a shared values and that they're working together in a way to help other people so that you have that bond. You not only have like an intimate bond with each other and and you're, and you're raising children, but then you also have this um, uh, career calling or this vocation 
to um, help people and and spread the word about how they can improve their relationships, which I think is, is amazing. Uh, thank you. So uh, all you have to do is start a podcast you know, <laughs> or listen to this podcast. We'll take we'll make that the uh, recommendation. What advice would you give our single listeners looking for a happy relationship? I would say that um, being a friend to yourself, again, I would say try the mirror meditation practice and see what comes up for you around relationships and around your relationship with yourself. And again, as we've been talking about, you need to come to a relationship full and feeling really good about yourself with something to offer another person rather than uh, looking to see what you can get from other people to fill, you know, uh, emptiness within you. So it's really important to fill and resource yourself and so that you can be an equal partner when you enter a relationship and you'll attract people too who are full and feel good about themselves. You'll attract the people who, who are thinking the same way you are about relationships. Yeah, that's such an important thing. And we talk about it a lot. So if you're single, if you're in a relationship, don't look outward as the first thing because it starts with you. And and that's a such an empowering message because we are in control as someone who's a bit of a control freak myself, it's like, <laughs> I, I have no excuse. Like I can take the steps to improve the relationship. I can take the steps to help not feel lonely, not looking to Sarah, uh, to help fix that, not looking to someone else. So really a great piece of advice. Well, Tara, we have really enjoyed having you on the show today. So let's wrap up by having you tell our listeners where they can find you online and then we'll say goodbye. It's been my pleasure. Really, really enjoyed talking with you and, and sharing with your listeners. Um, you can find me at mirrormeditation.com. And we have a, a Psychology Today blog as well called The Clarity. And you can also um, like our Facebook page. We have a Mirror Meditation Facebook page. We just turned over to 7,000 viewers yesterday. I'm so excited. And we post articles on psychology, meditation, relationships, uh, managing emotions, and communication. So if you're interested in, in reading those kinds of uh, articles, uh, we'd love for you to join our community. And you can simply like our page and the, all the posts will, will, will come your way. Well, Tara, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I'm going to practice some mirror meditation. If I don't have time, there's no excuse. I can do it when I brush my <laughs> teeth, right? Okay, that sounds good. There, there are more instructions on the website. So if you're if you're interested in, in developing a serious practice, and you can always contact me too. I do sessions with people and we do live workshops actually in New York City. So if you're in the area, you can check the, the website out for uh, my upcoming events. Excellent. Well, all those links will be on your show notes page. And again, Tara, thank you so much for joining us and for coming on the show. Great. Thank you very much. We hope you guys enjoyed today's episode with Tara. If you want to check out any of the recommendations or the links that we talked about in today's episode, you can head on over to our website at idpodcast.com forward slash 119. And while you're on our website, we encourage you to check out all the free resources that we've been working on for you guys. Uh, one of those is the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge. It is a 14-day challenge that is sent to your inbox every day with doable challenges to help your relationship grow and be stronger and happier. And we've also put together a few uh, free downloads. A lot of them are step-by-step -step guides, to help strengthen your relationship. For example, one of those is how to cultivate respect in your relationship. 
Um, another is online dating don't. So what to not do when you're online dating. So uh, if any of those sound interesting to you, you can check them out on our website at idopodcast.com. And uh, we hope you find all the resources that you're looking for. See you next week.